Looking to stand out from the pack at your first job? When you earn a master's in management from Georgetown, you'll gain the skills employers value most, elevating your career prospects for years to come. Get started at choosegeorgetown.com slash MIM. Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the faculty chair of autonomous vehicle engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Good morning, Fred, on such a bright, beautiful New Jersey day. Finally. Plenty once, Finally. Again, <laughs> plenty once again to get to this week. First up is a move by the California startup Voyage. It's a company that has begun autonomous taxi services in a couple of retirement communities in California and Florida. In an interview with ARS Technica, CEO Al- Oliver Cameron said he wants to open source self-driving car safety testing. He calls it Open Autonomous Safety, OAS. A pretty significant move, Alan. Well, uh, yes, I think so. You know, we've been talking about this for for a while, that in fact, um, uh, one should have an enormous amount of transparency associated with safety. And I think the kinds of things we've been saying is that uh, is that it, you know that part of the safety is uh, is that to deal with with um, very rare events, and and they're so rare that we might not even think that they exist. And so when we design these things, we didn't know what we didn't know, and all of a sudden we trip over one of them. And when we do, uh, then then that gives us the opportunity to fix it so we don't trip over it again. But we shouldn't be keeping these things to ourselves. They shouldn't become part of our, let's call it intellectual property that that allow that now allows us to be the better competitor. Um, we really should share that uh, because because safety is 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 a shared and common good. And certainly the 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 Tesla not the Tesla the Uber crash and the Tesla crashes just are you know they're black eyes on everybody everybody uh, gets hurt by that and 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 it brings everybody down it 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 lowers the level for everyone and and so it's in the best interest of everyone that's working in this area. Uh, to to avoid these and and and, this, and so we really should be cooperating on this. So when we trip over one of these corner cases, we should immediately let everybody know about it with all the data, so that they can make sure they can fix their system, so they don't trip over it. And and um, and in that, then the, the whole society will then uh, will then have a a better opinion of all this and 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 of course then they'll have an opportunity to get adopted more quickly and it's the adoption that that delivers the value and 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 that's how society can value more and better with and and allowing everyone to to do that so in a sense you know it's that's very important now whether we do it the way the way oliver suggested with open source or another way you know i think we all need to you know, sit around and discuss what the best way to do it. Maybe there are multiple ways to do it. But definitely the concept of sharing safety information among everybody is really important. And I'm, I'm really glad that he's put it out there 
and um, and in that way, and it would be uh, good if uh, if others who are participating in this uh, spoke equally about this. It's not collusion. It's it, well, it is in a sense collusion. It's collusion for the benefit of society. It's everybody getting together to make it better. Uh, and so it's not uh, collusion to take advantage of society or to or to inappropriately price them and all that sort of thing. This is this is to deliver the greatest value, the the quickest to the most. And so really that that should be a cooperative effort as opposed to a competitive effort. But how do you address concerns that uh, companies might have? about the need to protect their intellectual property and not give away the store, so to speak, to, to competitors? Well, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, they, they of course want to protect their intellectual property, but the intellectual property shouldn't be intellectual property that makes them the safest. We shouldn't be competing on a safest scale. We can compete on price. We can pr- compete on performance. We can compete on a whole lot of other things. But somehow, I consider safety to be a, a, a different thing, and 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 we have to figure out a way. And I don't know how to do it. If I knew how to do it, I, you know, I'd suggest it. Whatever, become rich or something. I don't know, whatever. But uh, uh, but I think we, we we should all get around talk to it. I, I don't I don't think it's it's done through regulation. I don't think it's done through a national transportation driverless safety board or something like that well i mean maybe they can help um uh, it's 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 probably it really requires the industry uh to be to be absolutely supportive of this and in some sense uh, even you know when they trip over this not only help uh, correct uh, their their issues with respect to whatever they tripped over uh, but also um, do as much as they can to help everybody else. Because, again, they benefit from that. Everybody's worse off because of, of the Uber crash. Uh, everybody's worse off uh, because of the Tesla crashes. Okay? And, and so it's not that, oh, my goodness, uh, Tesla is going to go away now. And therefore, hey, it's one less competitor and – Aren't I great? I mean, I don't. I don't think anybody thinks that way. I don't think the regulators think that way. I don't think the public thinks that way. And and so I don't know. We have to find a way. It, this isn't easy. <laughs> if it was easy, we would have done it. A cynic though might say that well, it's really easy for a small company like Voyage to advocate opening things up because uh, they might have the most to gain if everybody did it. Uh, sure. <laughs> yes, of course. So it would have been nice if Waymo would have said it. And, and maybe they have, and I haven't seen it. And I, I don't know that Waymo is necessarily, you know, uh, against that kind of thing. I know one of the things that they've made in, in their public presentations is they don't like to talk about the, the situation they ran into where there was uh, a person in a motorized uh, wheelchair uh, basically doing donuts in the middle of a road chasing a duck or something like that that they encountered. And I think, it, you know, while they they didn't put out a lot of data on it, they put out some so that at least everybody uh, who who's working on this said, oh, my goodness, uh, maybe we need to take a look at how we respond to a motorized 
blah, 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 we're chasing a duck. Uh, you know, that, so that's that's the least one can do, but it is something. But then one needs to to, to put out the data. And as, as I've argued in, in other podcasts, is that um, the NTSB, if they're out there investigating the Tesla crashes, they should put out the data. Uh, Tesla should put out the data. Uber should put out the data. These these entities, these vehicles have been collecting data and storing data that represents um, I, I, the reality of what happened prior to the boom, and uh, and and it's very important that that be released uh, for everybody to then say, oh my goodness, what if we would have encountered that? You know, what is our whole? Um, uh, 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 intelligence stack uh, do with that uh, and um, and so um, uh, sure we can all kind of guess kind of what happened but geez there's actual data so there may be some nuances associated with it that are nuances that that we didn't think about again um, it's tough to know what you don't know and anytime you have the opportunity to know what you don't know is a really good opportunity Well, there have been lots of reports uh, concerning Tesla that we want to get to. Uh, It's reported that Jim Keller, who's been in charge of the company's in-house artificial intelligence processor, is leaving the company to go to Intel. I guess we can say that that may be bad news for for Tesla here, perhaps a setback, although they do have someone replacing him right away uh, who's been in-house. Maybe good news for Intel at the same time. Um. Maybe, um, you know, I, I don't know what Tesla is doing, designing its own chips to do this kind of thing at, at chip level. I think um, at logic level or at model level or or at uh, deep learning neural network level or whatever, then then yes. But uh, it seems that um, that uh, to go out there and, and try to compete at the chip level seems, um, I don't know, I mean, Mobileye was developing their own chipset and and doing it, and and in some sense, one can tailor hardware to uh, to uh, best perform for one's particular software or algorithmic approach. Uh, but it seems as if uh, sort of the giants, the Intel's, the Nvidia's uh, of this world, uh, probably have a leg up on anybody trying to do it themselves. So um, it seems that it would seem to me that, again, um, you know, I'm just sitting here in backwaters of New Jersey, but um, the Tesla has a lot more important problems to deal with than at the chip level on um, with respect to their uh, AI stack and, and, and sensor stack that sits on top of, uh, uh, on top of their vehicle. Um, you know, um, um, I, I guess uh, uh, Google, Waymo, and so on can can work on their own a little bit. And I guess from what's been printed, though, we understand that Waymo has been working on their own lidar. Certainly, that's uh, that's what a large part of the lawsuit with with Uber was about: was whether or not uh, Anthony Lewandowski uh, uh, took their IP associated with their lidar. Um, but, uh, again, I think that, uh, that these companies, uh, uh, 
Tesla needs to figure out how to get their assembly lines uh, moving so that they can produce 5,000 cars a week. And, um, and, and of course, work, I think, on the, on the intelligence stack associated with, um, with autopilot and so on. But at the chip level, um, I think they should look to a vendor, but whatever. Well, Musk, uh, Elon Musk uh, sent an email to employees about uh, productivity and, and more that's been published now. He's saying he expects Model 3 production to reach three to 4,000 a week next month in May and grow from there. So I guess they are making some progress. Uh, Yes, they are making some progress. And yes, as he says in there to double the, the, the capacity in whatever time period that he's doubled the capacity from a thousand to 2000 is, is a substantive accomplishment that, you know, the, the problem is, I guess, with respect to the Model 3 is he needs to get to scale uh, because uh, because he there's incremental profit on each one, but he has to make up for an enormous amount of fixed cost to even produce the first one. And so um, the crossover point between the, between the, the revenue side and the cost side uh, exists uh, way down uh, in the on, down on the volume axis, and it looks like the the point at which they cross is is at least you know from what one reads of uh, you know, five thousand cars a week. So he's got to get there; otherwise, uh, the money is just um, flowing out of the place. And at some point, although uh, I mean he, he has a lot of people supporting him, and and it's tough to be a disruptor because in any of the disrupt disruption schemes, uh, you have this fundamental um, problem with getting scale. And until you get scale, um, you're hemorrhaging. And so um, uh, he has to get there. And, and I'm talking with my, with my class about, about his memo. Um, you know, we couldn't, figure out whether it's it's great inspiration but it's really a lot of things that are you know that, that you know if you even if you just uh, operate a lemonade stand out in front of the house and and they're you know sort of fundamental uh, and they are fundamental um, uh, unless you're maybe a military operation which sort of doesn't do that but I guess uh, but they're they're fundamental so um, so one wonders whether or not it's desperation as opposed to inspiration, but it's a it's a very well prepared uh, um, statement. It's chock full of things. It's really dense in in, in fundamentals, uh, and um, and I sure hope that uh, there's a response. But it's it's there's no doubt that he's all in. Uh, the question is. Is everybody else in the whole process all in? And as he points out very, very uh, succinctly in that, uh, you know, when you get to production, uh, the production is um, is equal to your uh, the production of your worst performing entity um, for either bad luck or or bad whatever, and. Uh, and so uh, to improve that performance, you've got to go and, and boost up each of the worst ones. 
and uh, that's not easy. All right, he talks. So, let's talk about some of the things that are that are in there. Obviously, he talks about precision and and profit. Uh, examining all the expenses, in, including contractors, really holding their feet to the fire more, and the contractors for the contractors even. He also mentions things like excessive meetings, getting rid of those, better communication between departments, making things direct, not going through different levels, and using more common sense. Sounds like he's talking to you. <laughs> yeah, no, of course he's talking to me. Yeah, I know. I think I think those are all great, of course. Who wants to have meetings? I mean, come on. I mean, and who, who wants to have a bunch of people talk to a bunch of other people exactly what to do and so on and micromanaging it? You know, as I like to say, if I have to tell somebody what to do, I might as well do it myself. I mean, you want to inspire them in a direction so that you take advantage of their creativity to make things happen and have them, you know, uh, uh, carry the stuff and, and pull the load. Uh, and, and all that, but uh, but then you know to get your suppliers to tell them, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold your feet to the fire. In other words, I'm gonna use a stick on you. You need a stick, but you also need at the end of the stick, you need a carrot. And the problem is, he didn't really put the carrot out there. So uh, somebody's gonna say, well, you know, uh, what do I get out of all this? Um, yes, I'm, I'm on your mission and I love where you're taking things, but, uh, but you can't just beat me up. Um, so, but it's, it's, I think it, I, I made my students read it. Okay. You, you sh- one should read that. And then there, there's an accompanying one that came out a, a couple of days later, which, um, which, which was from Jeff Bezos in his annual statement, uh, for his 20th annual, uh, stockholder statement and i mean you read that just just those two things are kind of uh, you know the the guides to uh to good innovative business practices uh well paying attention to elon musk and and jeff bezos uh i guess can be pretty fundamental for for your students yeah, well, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, there, there, there are two guys that are that are really all in who uh, who had at least uh, you know some amount of success, um, and and uh, and um, they. It's not that they've been lucky; they certainly worked for it. And I guess I've never known anybody that's been lucky. Uh, you don't do this with luck. You do this first of all with a lot of hard work and enormous capability and. And it helps, of course, to have a little bit of luck, but luck doesn't do it. In the self-driving car newsletter, the latest one, you also comment on an article that contrasts Tesla's approach selling full self-driving capability to customers, even though it isn't really available yet, with what Waymo is doing, which is focused on that capability right from the start. It's, It's baked in from the ground up, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we've been talking again about this for a while. I, uh, I, I stress that uh, that there are really three kinds of, of technologies that are very different here that we're dealing with, the safe, the self, and, and the driverless. And, and, and there's, there might be an evolution between safe and self. But there, but the evolution between self and driverless is is not is not a very um, uh, it's not a continuous evolution. 
Uh, one needs uh, some to do substantially different things. One needs to make major pivots uh, because if you're going to do driverless, uh, you know from the beginning, whenever you're looking at either the sensor stack, the cognition parts, the, the whole process, the realization that you're not going to have a human in the loop to, to if, if that human is, is, is alert, can bail you out. So you have to deal with, you have to set it up to basically deal with everything as opposed to just some things and then for and then for the other things throw your hands up and say oh yeah I'll just tell the driver hey take over and they'll rip open their shirt and the superman outfit will sh- will 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 be emblazoned and they'll be able to save the day i mean it's it's almost ludicrous to think that that one would even think about developing a system that way but that's certainly where the self is and because of the confusion between self and driverless, I guess some people have suggested that I need to say the self is is only at, at certain times, uh, uh, and and of course with adult supervision. I mean, you, you can't be self can't can't operate if the person's sleeping, okay? Uh, because uh, you got to wake them up. And um, and unless uh, you can think that uh, you're always going to have time to wake him or her up, uh, then you're basically uh, you're you're setting yourself up for disappointment. So um, anyway, and and so it, it requires a fundamentally different mentality in, in approaching it. And I think that that's what the article was uh, was pointing out. And I think that uh, that's what we've been trying to point out, Fred. The American Academy of Actuaries has an article online titled Picking Up Speed, The Autonomous Vehicle Revolution Has Begun. And talking about the confusion with different terms, you point out that the article has confused things like the difference between ride sharing and ride hailing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's what can I say? I, uh, it's, they're very different they're very different, and and um, well, let, let's explain that uh, because they referred to ride sharing and, and brought up uh, Uber and Lyft. Yeah, well, Uber and Lyft, it, it, it's not ride sharing if there's an Uber driver and me in the back seat. That's 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 the Uber driver is a, in, is is basically a computer. And uh, just performing a function, and the reason why I'm in the backseat is I'm trying to improve my the, my utility, uh, my place time utility by going from where I am now, which I'm unhappy with, to where I'm going to later, which I'm going to be really happy with. And that's why I take the trip. Uh, why the the driver is in there is is to do that for me, and so that's not so we're not. That's not two people sharing this this desire to improve their place time utility, which, in some sense, is, unless you're just doing donuts on your on your neighbor's front lawn and 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 being a jerk, uh, you know, you're doing this um, not for the the fun of driving. You're doing it for because you're trying to get someplace to improve your life, and and ride sharing is having two people in one vehicle. Or more people, two or more people, who are trying to improve their lives, 
but utilizing only one one vehicle. That's the fundamental concept. And and um, and sure, uh, you know, Uber does have Uber Pool, and 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 Lyft does have Lyft Line, and so on. So they're you know they're they're trying to get uh, establish a. a, a a, a situation in which one is ride sharing, but they're fundamentally they're they're that's that's really different, and and we need to point that out because in all these things, I guess one of the things that we're trying to do is we're trying to improve people's quality of life, utilizing the fewest vehicle miles, because the vehicle miles uh, equate to uh, energy utilization pollution congestion all the sort of negative things that exist out there and um, and the person miles are the good things that's the improvement in the quality of life and and what we want to do is get as much quality of life uh, without screwing up the world as much and the, and the best way to do that is to is to get people to share rides, I think. And, um, and so how do we do that? Not simple. There's, there's essentially no public policy out there that even focuses on that. But, uh, there are no public uh, announcements by the Federal Department of Transportation saying, share a ride, um, which is really unfortunate. The Department of Energy doesn't do that. Oh, save energy by sharing a ride. EPA doesn't do it. Yeah, share a ride. They tell you to use a bicycle. I mean, it's great to use a bicycle. You probably should be walking, and a bicycle's for a short trip. The, 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 the long trips are the ones that, that end up accumulating a lot of vehicle miles, using a lot of energy, um, uh, creating a lot of greenhouse gases creating a lot of congestion. Uh, and so those are the ones we need to reduce. And the best way, to me, the best way to reduce it is instead of having one person uh, improving their quality of life in that vehicle, have two. How about three, even four? Uh, people would say, why not 100? Well, because I guess we don't necessarily all want to live in such a dense uh, environment and all do the same things at the same time going to the same place uh, so that the opportunities for doing a hundred uh, they exist in Manhattan sure but uh, most other places they don't and and uh, but uh, but the twosies and the threesies and the foursies do exist and we have we really do have to find a mechanism uh, by which uh, we can capture more of those things in single vehicles that's Roger. And of course, uh, the, the thinking is uh, technology hopefully will be the great enabler of that. Of course, absolutely. Because now, you know, why don't people ride share? They don't know. You know, when I came to work this morning, I don't know if one of my neighbors was heading in the same direction, could have hopped in the car with me. Uh, I didn't know. So, so the technology, first of all, to be able to to know in real time what this is and pair them up. Uh, you know, I get off an airplane at Newark Airport. Uh, there's probably four, five, six people at Newark Airport at the same time that I'm there that are coming to Princeton. Why are we all either driving our own car or taking our own Uber or Lyft or whatever? 
we should we should know and say, oh my goodness, uh, um, I might be able to put up with you for the ride down to Princeton. We have something in common. We just, you know, just coming from Newark and 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 uh, and going to Princeton. We might even have something to chat about, or you know, we can just bury our heads in our phones and and be chauffeured together, as opposed to individually. Uh, so you know that, that the 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 information with a centralized fleet manager, who then can then uh, uh, basically pair up people, and pair up people who might have a chance of 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 getting along. Now I don't know how much private information we want to get into, and we want to uh, how far we want to go into the the whole Facebook uh, fiasco. Uh, but um, but you know uh, th- there are opportunities with technology there to, to enormously improve, and, and and the improvement comes out of ride sharing. Sounds like Match dot com for transportation. <laughs> yes, it, it does. In, in some sense, yeah. I mean, that's that's of course it is. I mean, you know, uh, people. Anybody who's planning an event should have one of these things. They have people. If you're planning an event, that means that that it's a many-to-one mobility problem because the event is probably at a certain place at a certain time, and that people are going to want to show up there. They may be coming from a whole lot of different places, but at least they're coming to to one. So it's many to one, not many to many. So the opportunities for ride sharing dynamically exist. And since they're all coming to, to your event, uh, that correlates those people. They're not a, you know, a random distribution of the population. They all have the biases associated with whatever event you're planning. And so because of those biases, they might actually be able to get along and not mind coming together. And, and, and to take advantage of those fundamental opportunities. Uh, so, so instead of having N cars bring N people, you have uh, N over three cars bring N people. Oh, my goodness. That's real energy savings. That's real um, um, improvement in uh, in pollution. Uh, that's real uh, congestion relief. Uh, that's not you know little incremental onesies, twosies, one percent, two percent, ten percent. This is significant. We do essentially nothing in this area. Yes, we've tried uh, you know carpooling the work, carpooling the work. My goodness. The way carpooling the work has, has been implemented in the past, you know, it, it required the probability that I was going uh, from point A to point B at about the same time as somebody else and the probability that I want to come home with them. That's a multiplication of those probabilities. Now, granted, we might be working at the same place and have roughly the same hours, so they're correlated. So, you know, it isn't completely off the wall. Uh, but, you know, requires, and we need to do this essentially every day. Oh, my goodness. No wonder the probability of, 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 of that happening, even with two people, is so small. It's amazing that anybody carpools. And, and, and probably most of the people who carpool are family members or something like that. I mean, they have other ties. They're not just 
out of the general tribal population. But if you can disconnect these things and work at them at the single trip level, so I don't have to come home with the same person, but there's a central guarantee that I'll get a ride home and that it will happen tomorrow and I don't have to ride with the same person and so on. And that's what comes out of it, being able to manage dynamically a fleet of these autonomous taxis, uh, an enormous opportunity. And that's what we found in our studies here at Princeton is that if you look at the billion trips nationwide, uh, you should be able to, with, with, uh, without really putting much of a burden on folks offering about the same level of services they have now, you should be able to, to chop vehicle miles in half. Chopping vehicle miles in half is, is a big deal throughout the day. And in peak hour, peak direction, you're chopping them by, by, you're dividing them by three or even four. So congestion disappears. And these are fundamental results, and they exist in Peoria as well as they exist in Princeton, as well as they exist in, in, um, in, in Hudson County, as well as they exist in L.A., um, Manhattan, well, don't know. I mean, Manhattan's a special case. Well, speaking of the work that you're doing there at Princeton, Alan, uh, we're just a couple of weeks away now from the Smart Driving Car Summit, uh, May 15th and 16th at Princeton. In a nutshell, Alan, what's the goal here? Uh, the, the goal is to bring the best people to Princeton to discuss the issues associated with helping make all of this happen in the best possible ways. I, I think it, it is to put it in a nutshell. I mean, you know, that's really what it is. Um, uh, excellent people on the program, and and uh, it's 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 not going to be um, uh, the the Almighty standing up preaching to the minions, uh, but instead uh, uh, it's going to be an active interchange uh, between everybody because because we don't know the best thing to do we're 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 still working this problem we're still at the very beginning at the very beginning and uh, we need to do best practices and we need to understand we need to be able to you know take the whole thing forward because because it continues at least um, in, in my in my view this is an enormously valuable uh, proposition uh, that that we have for us with technology, uh, but it could get hijacked. I mean, in in the latest smart driving cars, I have a thing in there. I mean, who would have thought uh, that uh, uh, that motorized electrified uh, um, uh, uh, scooters would wreak havoc in in San Francisco? And you know, oh my goodness, and and. Can't wait for them to hit Manhattan. It's going to be, it's. I mean, it will, it will just be ugly, probably. And and hopefully, what we're trying to do with all this bringing automation and bringing this shared ride concept and autonomous taxis and so on to mobility, is that we'll be able to capture the really good things of it um, and avoid um, avoid the, as many of the negatives as we can. You know, nothing is is one hundred percent positive, and and so we all need to come together and work on this thing from various angles, from the insurance angle, from the technology angle, uh, from the 
from the um, city planning, urban planning, uh, uh, design aspect of this thing, from the sociological aspects, from the policy aspects, from the regulatory aspects, from the safety aspects, from all those aspects. And, um, and that's what we're going to do for a couple of days. And last year we had an extremely successful one, and I look look forward to having another extremely successful one. And and I think we helped last year, and and we're going to help again this year. Terrific! And for more info, the place to go is summit.smartdrivingcar.com, and you can find us at smartdrivingcar.com on iTunes, Google Play, and more, even on the Amazon Alexa. Look for my tech reports at textonation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening. And look forward to seeing you in Princeton uh, in a couple weeks. <laughs>